Southeast Radio's Business Matters with Carl Fitzpatrick. Well, Budget 2023 is eagerly anticipated as everybody wonders how the government plans to counteract the inflationary pressures which are impacting the economy. My final guest this morning, Ronan Furlong, is a tax partner with PwC and he joins us now to tell us about the detail of their pre-budget submission. Ronan, we're surrounded by information about rising costs, but how would you assess your clients' thoughts on the challenges facing them? Good morning, Carol, and it's great to be back on the show. Thanks very much for having me. I think it's very challenging for a number of reasons. You mentioned the costs, uh, the inflationary pressures that are there. Uh, They are very telling. And we can see that start to impact on the sort of the real economy as we look at the data from the construction industry, where they've uh, signaled a bit of a slowdown in activity due to cost pressures. Um, So it's definitely out there. I think where people would see it most would be not just on the cost input side, but also now it's starting to, to, I suppose, affect discussions around wages and salary. Understandably, people who are feeling uh, inflationary pressures um, uh, in their wallets are looking to their employers uh, to help them with that situation. And, you know, so there's a lot of tough discussions going on at the moment, um, which is, you know, which is hard to plan for because on on one level, businesses have these huge pressures from their, you know, from staff and their, their teams and, the fact of the matter is that at the moment, the, the, the unemployment rate is at a historically low level. So people have plenty of options to move to other positions uh, in most sectors. Um, so they, you know, so you've got those pressures on one side. But then on the other side, you know, they're reading the papers, they're listening to the radio, they're looking at TV, they're going online and they're hearing about a potential economic correction coming their way. So I'm sure many of them feel very uncomfortable you know, increasing their input costs at a time uh, of such uncertainty because no one knows what that correction might be uh, for what it's worth and it might not be worth uh, anything at all. Um, My own hope and my view, my personal view, and it is just a personal view, is that based on what I'm seeing and hearing in the sort of economy that I'm interacting with, and I would act for a broad range of different types of companies um, and private businesses, there still is a lot of momentum in the Irish economy. From a PwC perspective, what advice are you providing to your clients that find themselves in that quandary whereby on one side their cost base is increasing and on the other side their staff are looking for wage increases? Well, what we're saying is make the investments that make, make sense. I mean, there, is, there are longer term trends that are there um, that will outlast the current economic challenges that have been faced. Certainly the move to a more sustainable um, you know, ecosystem, and in particular, the move towards uh, greener energy sources, uh, and any investments that can be made by you know clients of ours in those areas should still be prioritised and looked at because, you know, the momentum in that area uh, is only going one way, and we certainly would encourage people not to not to stop investing in those areas at the moment. Um, also, you know, a lot of our clients, thank goodness, have been very successful in identifying other overseas markets uh, outside of the United Kingdom simply because of the, you know, the impact of Brexit. And many of them have been very successful at that. And we would certainly encourage them to continue to do that, even in a space where there, looks, there may be a bit of a, an economic cor- correction in, in the EU and the United States of America. It doesn't mean that some of these long-term areas still won't be investing in their businesses as well, just as Irish clients will have to, and there still will continue to be opportunities. So we would certainly encourage them to keep making those investments. 
And have your clients in general, Ronan, been in a position to increase their overall pricing as a result of these increased costs? That's very hit or miss. It depends on the sector. And it also depends on how, you know, how, how profitable or buoyant uh, a company is. Uh, some companies operate on very fine margins and simply have no choice but to seek to pass on increases. Others can, you know, can take a punch better and can make strategic decisions to absorb the cost. So it really does depend on the sector and the individual company. But not all of them are at the moment passing it on. But I suspect as the year goes by, that will start to change. Some of the leading politicians have indicated that we can expect inflationary costs for the foreseeable future. Is that a view that you share? And how closely linked is it to the activity between Russia and Ukraine? It's extremely closely linked to that. Um, So I don't think it's possible to answer this question without ignoring the war in Ukraine. Um, And I think uh, we can all but, but hope on a humanitarian, but also you know, from the point of view of inflation, that that dreadful situation and invasion gets addressed uh, and gets resolved uh, in some shape or form as soon as possible. But certainly uh, for as long as that war rages on, because it's such a huge source of, you know, of food uh, for the world, but also the amount of fuel that is, gen- you know, that is exported by Russia in particular. So those inflationary, you know, pressures won't disappear. I do think, though, on a slightly more optimistic note, a lot of the supply side um, challenges that arose as a result directly of COVID in particular are slowly starting to be ironed out. And I am hoping that businesses will start to notice a bit of a change over the next six to nine months. And Ronan, it's quite likely at this stage that both the UK and the US will fall into recession. If and when that happens, what impact will it have directly here in Ireland? Well, it wouldn't be good for us. The UK remains one of our biggest trading partners and the US is is the biggest source of foreign direct investment into Ireland. But notwithstanding the fact that, you know, what you said there could well be true, certainly in the US, one would hope that any recession that may be caused would be relatively short-lived, um, simply because, again, they have tremendous uh, momentum in their economy. I mean, one of the reasons that their inflationary pressures are quite different from ours. Um, it's just that their economy is so hot, it just needs to be cooled. They don't have the same food and energy um, issues that we have uh, because they're a net energy exporter. Um, so, you know, uh, but, but even with those challenges, as I said, it's already been a record year for US investment into Ireland. So whilst, of course, it would have an impact, I don't think it would mean that things will sort of, you know, um, creep to a halt or anything like that. Uh, It's harder to be um, as optimistic about the UK, not to sort of pick on the UK or anything, but simply because, you know, whoever succeeds Boris Johnson is going to be a very important person for Ireland, um, simply because if he or she were to proceed with the threats to the Northern Ireland Protocol, that could lead to some class of a trade war between the United Kingdom and the EU. And that is just not good for Ireland. It's just not good for business. Before we discuss the content of PwC's pre-budget submission, I would like to discuss the EMEA private business heat map with you. What is the private business heat map and what does it tell us about business growth? Well, this is a survey uh, and it was quite an in-depth piece of research that PwC undertook um, amongst our EMEA members, which is basically our European European members um, uh, of the EU firm. And 
we look at a whole range of different uh, factors um, that would influence you know business and we basically ranked each gave each country a ranking from one to thirty and in some areas Ireland ranked quite well such as corporation tax but in other areas Ireland ranked quite poorly so uh, we came fourth for corporation tax which probably wouldn't surprise anybody but then we came 19th for income taxes and you know the truth of the situation is whilst we do have an attractive corporate tax regime once you stray from that and you start getting into areas which I'm sure we'll discuss shortly now in our pre-budget submission but once you get into areas such as income tax Suddenly, Ireland isn't very competitive at all. Another area where we don't score terribly well is on the education side of things, um, particularly university le- uh, level education and investment in our universities. Uh, research and development is another area where we could do more. So, you know, um, Ireland, you know, is a great country, and particularly when we look, look at our peers and the size of the place, and we have been tremendously successful. But we have relied an awful lot on the foreign direct investment model. And, you know, we need to make sure that we support our indigenous economy as well, because that's going to become increasingly important as our economy matures. And I was reading an article recently on the Sunday Business Post where they were quoting the outgoing CEO of Idea Ireland, who's concerned about Ireland's policy in relation to data centres and the pause being put on those and its consequential impact on attracting foreign investment in the tech space, especially. Whilst I can understand his concerns, there is no doubt about it that if you look at the raw data, a huge amount of Ireland's um, energy generation goes into supporting data centres. And whilst that is a strategic priority for ourselves, you know, if we want to be able to, um, you know, retain the ability to attract that kind of investment into Ireland, we will need to really increase our energy generation capacity. And as everybody knows, we have to do that in a, you know, from renewable sources or green sources, and I think we have to be agile and clever about that. You know, I'm not sure he's going to get huge support uh, because of the increase in our energy costs, which everybody's feeling in their pockets at the moment, and because of the fact that we are struggling, and we will struggle to hit our 2030 emission reduction targets. And, you know, when you bear in mind, obviously, the, um, you know, the situation in Ukraine, again, to mention that because it's a huge situation, uh, I, I'm not sure that there's a huge appetite to build a, a large amount of additional data centres until we have increased our renewable energy generation capacity. So I, I can understand why that sector is under a bit of pressure and has been paused. I think it's understandable in the current situation. Due to the current cost of living crisis, Budget 23 is eagerly anticipated. But what are the main measures that PwC would like to see addressed by the government? We have tailored the type of ask that we're looking for To address key needs in the economy, Carl, I mean, so from an inflationary perspective, we've come up with a number of ideas um, that we hope they will take on board. I mentioned the income tax bans, you know, uh, the high rate kicks in at 36,800, which is um, relatively low internationally um, in terms of moving to the higher rates. And we think certainly the tax bans and the tax credits need to be increased you know, in line with inflation or as close to inflation as is affordable. I mean, there's only so much the government can do, and I do understand that. So we do have to be realistic in what we're looking for. We think, in addition, the small benefit exemption should be increased. That's a great way of incentivising, you know, people to support local retail in particular and local hospitality. Um, But the current rate is €500 per annum, which is relatively modest. We think that that should be looked at. 
We also think, just to mention what I said earlier, again, I'm kind of sticking to inflation here, Carol, but again, that's the kind of word on everybody's lips. So what can tax policy do to assist with inflation? Well, one thing that could be looked at is, as I said, a lot of employers are under huge pressure to increase their their staff costs and their wage bills, and that's understandable. Um, But every time they add a euro to someone's bill, their employer's PRSI bill goes up. So what we're suggesting is that some time-limited relief be provided to employers who are obliged to increase uh, wage costs just to help them with this additional employer's PRSI cost. There's a number, a number of other key strategic um, you know, pressure points in our economy, one of which is the provision of housing and accommodation to people. And again, we think uh, that this is a sector that can be supported through tax policy. And Ronan, if you're advising Pascal Donoghue, the Minister for Finance, on this budget 2023 in relation to how to go about reducing the overall inflation rate in Ireland, what measures would you be telling him to put in place? In terms of actually reducing the rate, one thing that can be looked at is the actual VAT rate that we pay in this country. Uh, it's, it's comparatively high by international standards. So what they could look at doing is reducing it, again, on a time-limited basis, just to help us get over this inflationary period, because obviously VAT is applied to all sales and services and is a cost. And as a cost goes up, the VAT rate goes up. So that's something that could certainly be looked at to reduce inflationary pressures. Housing continues to be a problematic area, but I know that some employers are letting properties to their staff in an attempt to alleviate this issue. But what are the tax complications and implications associated with this practice, Ronan? Well, what we are suggesting in our document is that steps could actually be taken to incentivise employers to help their staff with their rental costs. As everybody knows, we have a rental crisis in this country and employers can play their part to help their employees to get over um, this difficult period in finding accommodation and paying for it. The problem is, at the moment, if an employer pays rent on an employee's behalf or, or, or as, as is more common, actually provides accommodation themselves for free, that's subject to BIK um, through the PAYE system and can be very costly for the employees involved and also the employers. What we are suggesting is two things. One is that there will be a reduced rate of BIK in situations where an employer is providing accommodation to the staff. And secondly, uh, if an employer uh, has accommodation and is renting that to staff, we think they should be incentivized to free up more accommodation to staff. And by doing that, um, that can be achieved by the employers being taxed at the trading rate of 12.5% rather than the current regime where they're taxed at 25% plus a surcharge. And of course, the need for businesses to be green has never been greater. But what incentives are needed to ensure that these aspirations become a reality? Well, there's a number of things, again, that tax policy can do to you know, support the transition. Ireland has very onerous 2030 goals, uh, which were, you know, at the moment we're quite far behind in achieving. And, you know, we think tax policy can play its part. So specifically, we think that an employer should get an additional corporation tax deduction for staff costs where an employee has been hired or employees have been hired to support the business's sustainability agenda. Uh, In addition, previously, there was a very valuable relief for the investment in renewable energy generation, but that terminated or ceased a number of years ago. We think that should be reintroduced. In addition, there's a very valuable relief in, you know, in Ireland called Holdco Relief, But it's actually not clear whether that would be available for companies that get involved in large capital-intensive green projects. We think that should be clarified through legislation to incentivise that kind of investment. And also, um, there's a a lack of clarity around whether companies that that spend a lot on 
grid connection costs uh, related to green projects, whether they can avail of capital allowances. Again, we think that uncertainty should be taken off the table because that kind of expenditure needs to be encouraged within the Irish economy to enable us achieve our 2030 strategic goals. And of course, the Strategic Banking Corporation of Ireland, the Government Bank, recently launched a new product for businesses to go green, and that's called EELS, the Energy Efficiency Loan Scheme, which is a loan yes. of up to €150,000 over 10 years. So another step in the right direction, Ronan, isn't it? It really is. It really is. I mean, one area I think, um, Caroline, thanks for mentioning that, but I think another area where the government could do more is introducing tax incentive for farmers and landowners, landowners excuse me, to make the land available to deliver renewable energy uh, generation. Um, because, you know, uh, there is a lot of land that perhaps could be put to more productive use, uh, you know, in terms of renewable energy generation. Many people might be surprised to learn that, you know, the, certainly the, a certain parts of Ireland, particularly the southeast of Ireland, is actually quite favourable for solar energy generation. And, you know, we think tax policy can do more to support landowners in transitioning to help us achieve those strategic goals. And finally, Ronan, in relation to succession-based transfers, talk to us about the punitive taxes which are imposed on these. Yes, well, again, this is one of the things that came up in our heat map analysis. Ireland has a pretty tough capital taxes regime compared to other countries. We have a high rate of CGT of 33%. We have a high rate of gift tax at 33%. And as most people will probably know, uh, the gift tax thresholds were significantly cut during the austerity years, but they have not been, you know, increased uh, now that the, now that the uh, economy uh, is doing well again. They have not been put back to the previous levels, and we think that should be done. And that's before you get into the impact of inflation. So we think they should, at a minimum, be, be tax-free thresholds for gift taxes and inheritance taxes should be put back to their previous levels. Well, if you've just tuned in, that was Ronan Furlong from PwC, and I'd like to thank Ronan for joining us on this morning's show. Southeast Radio's Business Matters with Carl Fitzpatrick.